This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Our guest today is Juan Giraldo, PhD fellow in the Department of Digitalization at Copenhagen Business School. We will speak with him about instant payment systems and how they are transforming the worlds of retail and banking. This conversation forms part of an editorial collaboration between Knowledge at Wharton and Swift Institute. Uh, Juan will be speaking about instant payments at Swift's Cybos conference in Australia later this year. Juan, uh, welcome to Knowledge at Wharton. Very great to have you on the on uh, on Knowledge at Wharton today. Well, thank you, uh, Marco, for the for the invitation. It's my pleasure to to be here, kind of sharing uh, some of my views on instant payments. Great, so, my pleasure. Thank you. So, uh, so, to begin with, how did you get interested in instant payment infrastructures? Um, well, that actually started uh, some time ago while I was working on a remittance platform. So it kind of started there, and then I got into blockchain uh, early in 2013. So it kind of started from there, and uh, just reviewing the payment infrastructure as a whole, and then it kind of moved towards um, instant payments from the academic aspect after my degree at LSE. And um, now with my doctoral studies, uh, it's basically one of the areas I'm looking at. So it kind of started um, from my background and my work and my interest some time ago. Uh, great. So but why is it important for executives in banking and retail industries to understand these technologies and their implications? Are they becoming the new normal? And if so, why? Yeah, that's uh, actually an excellent question. Um, I think actually it's, it's very important for executives, especially in the banking and retail industries, is because especially in the banking sector, they run the infrastructure and the changes that kind of take place with uh, faster payments. I think, at least from my perspective, um, aids um, banks in a way to kind of. Um, maintain a competitive advantage coming from the supply and infrastructure side, especially uh, taking into account the, the incoming platforms, payment platforms that are kind of aiming uh, to kind of build an, an infrastructure on the demand side, so on final users. So I think this push towards instant payments coming from the banking and the infrastructure angle is actually a great opportunity for banks to kind of maintain a competitive advantage within the payment market. Great. Uh, can you uh, su summarize your own research as well as some of, other, some of the other studies, such as the one by the European Central Bank on instant payment infrastructures? And what would you say are the key takeaways from uh, the research that's going on? Yeah, well... Um, I think the research is quite broad, so I can give you some of my views on, on the approach I'm taking to instant payment infrastructures. Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, I'm looking basically at uh, the architecture of these infrastructures, again, coming from two perspectives. One is kind of the supply side, which is banks providing the infrastructure to smaller companies, and then the demand side, which is kind of companies sitting on top of the banking infrastructure providing further payment. 
some kind of reviewing the changes in the infrastructures from these two angles, as well as the difference of taking a centralized uh, infrastructure in contrast to a decentralized and open infrastructure. So that's kind of the angle I'm taking. Uh, but of course, some of the interesting uh, research out there also outlined kind of the relevance of authority in the push towards instant payments, the benefits of adopting instant payments, as well as um, allowing for further access to the infrastructure, which is closer to, to, to the approach I'm taking in, in my research. And some of the key aspects kind of driving uh, the research is also uh, the perspective of final users and then the demand of final users um, as expecting quicker payments, especially with the increase in e-commerce transactions. So those behavioral aspects are also kind of within the research agenda for, for instant payments and faster payments. Right. Now, could you, could you uh, talk a little bit uh, about the different models of instant payment infrastructures? And what, I understand that there's a centralized model and a decentralized model. Uh, could you explain those and just say what are the pros and cons of each of them and which model is more yeah. efficient and why? Yeah, I'll try and go through them. That's kind of still an open question uh, across studies in information systems for the last 50, 60 years, the discussion between centralization and decentralization. But I'll talk like, through the ideas or the research I've, I've kind of been conducted and the one I've read as well. So kind of one of the approaches, basically a centralized, closed approach for conducting instant payments. And we can view this, for instance, as a payment platform such as mobile pay. So basically, the service is controlled end-to-end, -end, um, and this kind of enables for efficiency as well as, as, well as control over the service and, a, in a way, a good user experience. A second approach is also having a centralized infrastructure that's open, that kind of uh, bridges different platforms, so you can view it like that. And what this enables, in a way, is um, further reachability in terms of payments and transactions. Uh, and an, an example of this would be uh, um, a real-time growth settlement system offered by a central bank and then kind of different banking platforms uh, supporting other payments. So it kind of enables further reachability throughout the payment infrastructure. Um, and now recently we have also seen um, decentralized and synchronized payment infrastructures such as blockchain, which is kind of within the discussion out there. And these, can, these infrastructures are very good for transactions where there is no trust at all. Mm. and where there is no trusted institution, we can say. Uh, but of course, as being decentralized and synchronized is not as efficient. Mm. And another approach uh, would be a decentralized infrastructure that is not synchronized. Uh, and this can be viewed as, just to give you an example, the overall global payment infrastructure would work in this way. Mm -hmm. You have the overall scheme and then payments move around, but not everything is fully synchronized. 
And this is kind of in between centralized uh, infrastructures that are open and the blockchain approach. Uh, how, how about some examples or case studies? Uh, I, I believe you'll be presenting uh, uh, three case studies at the conference in Australia about instant payment infrastructures and how they enable value creation in the payment ecosystem. Uh, wonder if you could preview some of them, please? Yeah, actually I can... Um, I can review what I'm taking for the zero stock. I'll be discussing some of the blockchain ideas there. Uh, but I can give you just some brief overviews based on what I've, I've discussed. So I think mobile pay is a good example coming from the from the demand side of the market. So that's kind of reaching final users and a small payment. And I think a good example uh, on the infrastructure side is the target instant payment settlement by the European Central Bank, which is to be launched uh, in November, I, I believe, um, which kind of comes from the infrastructure approach. So I think these two cases kind of offer a good overview of two centralized uh, infra uh, payment infrastructures that kind of approach the market from different perspectives and kind of the advantages that they can they can offer. So the infrastructure from the European Central Bank, what's interesting about that one is that it enables high reachability, as I mentioned previously, but it also in a, improves efficiency on the infrastructure side. So it's kind of enabling the low value, high volume transactions at cheaper costs. Because if we view the infrastructure perspective on instant payments, it's actually quite efficient for large payments. Mm. Uh, but when we start considering small payments, the platforms sitting on the demand side are actually more efficient in kind of enabling quicker payments. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think this push on the infrastructure enable, enables basically um, faster payments or instant payments also for small transactions. Well, that, that's I think those two use cases are good examples of what's happening in the instant payment environment. Yeah, that, that, that sounds really interesting. So thank you for walking me through those three use cases. Uh, taking a sort of global view of the global landscape, uh, what does the uh, international scene for instant payment infrastructures look like? Uh, where do you find the most innovative work being done? Uh, especially, I was wondering how Europe compares with the U.S. in Asia, and in Asia especially China. Uh, also, are there any companies that you are paying attention to, and why? Well, that, that's a good and big question. Uh... <laughs> yes, a big series of questions. Yeah, I think just taking a global perspective, I think uh, I've heard that China is taking a huge uh, move in payments um, and also in the implementation of blockchain within the finance sector. Mm. So I think that's that's an interesting case to 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 keep an eye on. Uh, I'm not fully aware of the details. Uh, since I've heard it's also in, to some extent confidential, but I've, I've been discussing 
uh, or kind of getting some comments from some of my colleagues here at Copenhagen Business School who are kind of more involved in that. But I've heard that China is a, it's an exciting case um, to keep an eye on, especially when it when it um, when it concerns kind of innovation and, and payments. But I think generally, on a global perspective, I think Europe and the U.S. They are kind of pushing forward, but if we go to other places like India and Africa, especially Africa, Africa has been providing a payment infrastructure based on mobile phones, and I think that's mm -hmm. a huge step already where Europe is kind of catching up to that infrastructure, which is already there in other places. So I, I believe, like, I believe that at this point. On a global scale, it's not which places are kind of pushing forward, but how these places are kind of talking to each other to mm. be able to offer high reachability at a global scale. I think that's kind of an interesting uh, focus from a global perspective. Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, and any companies that you think are doing interesting work in this space that you you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think uh, on the... On the, on the demand side, so on small global payments, uh, I think TransferWise is a very interesting example because mm -hmm. they still sit within the infrastructure offered by banks mm -hmm. and still they manage to offer very efficient cross-border payments. I think Revolut is also a very interesting example I, because I think that to, to some extent they are also... Um, building upon uh, trading knowledge to be able to offer better rates. Um, so they're kind of taking advantage of, of that side and offering kind of end users, uh, I think, a good user experience. So I think those two examples are relevant. And of, of course, there are other platforms and um, remittance platforms coming in to kind of offer the service end-to-end -end. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, from a, from a close perspective. Right. Now, what, what do you think are some of the biggest obstacles to the implementation of instant payment infrastructures and how can those be overcome? I think... Uh, I can mention some of the obstacles, perhaps on the infrastructure side, so for banks. I think that would be uh, more interesting. Um, and and I, I believe adopting, in, adopting instant payments um, for banking institutions, I think what they bring is mainly operational risk, uh, because they, if they don't use a real-time payment uh, infrastructure or instant payments, basically they manage some credit risks within the partners and when, when transactions are conducted. But once we put in the instant or the real-time payment, that credit risk transforms into liquidity risk, right, right. which is maintaining a higher level of liquidity for the payments that are expected. So I think that's one for an interesting challenge sir, uh, on the operational side. And, and, and on top of that, I think uh, that's also a regulatory challenge, um, which is basically how regulators approach that problem and also, yeah, how regulators approach that problem. Yeah, that, that was in fact my next question, which is what are some of the main 
regulatory issues that bankers and retailers should keep in mind as they think about instant payment infrastructures? Well, I think, well, it, it kind of depends on the on the area, right? Because some, some countries or some authorities have also pushed towards instant payments. So in that side, we have seen also authorities kind of driving the the, the adoption and development of instant payments, especially from the from the infrastructure side. So, so I think I think it kind of depends on the on the area that we look at. Uh, but generally speaking, I would say that the new regulations such as ESD two and GDPR are kind of covering some of the aspects of instant payments as well. Right, right. Which is especially coming towards user data. Right. Uh, now, as you have conducted your research into instant payment infrastructures, uh, what has been the biggest surprise for you? What has surprised you the most? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think that the higher involvement of authorities has, in a way, surprised me because I think that's like, in a way, is good um, to have mm -hmm. to kind of uh, develop the, the instant payment uh, infrastructure at a fa faster pace, which is good for for final users. I, I think to some extent that, and also uh, the discussions from some of the industry players in actually pushing towards a global instant payment uh, infrastructure that communicates different other, other payment infrastructures. So the discussion of uh, reachability and enabling cheaper payments from the industry side has also kind of been interesting. So I think those two aspects have kind of uh, surprised me to some extent is the high involvement and push from the regulators and authorities, as well as the interest for some of the industry players to push a global instant payment and more efficient infrastructure. Great. Uh, uh, no, that, that, that's very interesting. So thank you for that. Uh, my last question is, uh, you know, what questions about instant payment infrastructures need further research which are not being done today? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think some of the aspects where uh, we academics can kind of um, be more involved, as well as the, on the industry side, is basically ways in which we can enable um, an open infrastructure that allows for further participation so that more innovation can take place in the payment industry in a way that maintains accountability, right? Because one aspect is opening up or releasing control, but then again, it's hard to keep my accountability of if something doesn't work. So right. I think those two aspects um, are interesting and should be further researched also from a regulator's perspective. So I, I think that's an interesting area to, to keep working on. 
and, and I think that's an area that should have further relevance. Right. So, so I've sort of run through the questions that I had, but I wonder if there are any questions that you think are important but I haven't asked so far that you, you would like to talk about. Yeah, I think um, perhaps something interesting to, to discuss also within instant payments uh, and the infrastructure is are perhaps the, or yeah, basically adding on what, what I mentioned previously, another kind of area would be on the regulator side would be the, the views on, on power and the infrastructures. Because somehow owning or running the infrastructure enables some parties to have more power over the payment ecosystem compared to other parties. So I think those kind of questions or approaches to, to the payment industry and the shift that it is taking, especially with the discussions around blockchain, are some interesting areas to or questions to kind of keep reviewing. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.